You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast, where we celebrate vulnerability and shameless living. No topic is off limits when you're chatting with your besties. Let's own our worth and walk empowered towards truth together. Happy New Year, friends. It's Catherine here to tell you how you can start your 2021 with a phenomenal ritual. We talk all about setting intentions in today's episode with the amazing Macy Cole. And one way that you can set an intention of honoring your body is by taking a multivitamin in which you know what's in it, in which you know is healthy, in which you know is natural. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about ritual today. Did you know that sugars, GMOs, synthetic fillers, artificial colorants, not to mention animal byproducts like sheep's wool and gelatin from hooves and hides are all ingredients that you might find in a multivitamin? And a thank you. But Ritual isn't your typical multivitamin. Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly formula is made with key nutrients and forms that your body can actually use with no shady extras. I love Ritual. Chelsea and I have both been using it for about a year now, which is awesome. And what I love most about it is I wake up so early to coach classes. And when I take Ritual early in the morning, first thing, so I don't forget, I don't have to eat right away. It's really not as um, hard on your stomach. Some vitamins that I've taken in the past have made me a little nauseous if I don't take food with them. But this is a really good settling feeling on your stomach. And not to mention, it has this minty fresh taste that leaves your mouth feeling fresh and good even after brushing your teeth which i love ritual is formulated with key nutrients including vitamin d3 to help fill gaps in your diet their fresh tasting delayed release capsules are designed to dissolve later in less sensitive areas of the stomach like i said so that you can take them with or without food Ritual makes healthy habits easy this year, so why not start your new year with a great ritual that keeps you feeling and living healthy from the inside out? You deserve to know what's in your multivitamin, and that's why Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during your first three months. All you have to do to get this awesome deal is visit ritual.com backslash soul, S-O-L-E, to start your ritual today. Again, All you have to do is go to ritual.com backslash soul to start your ritual today and get 10% off during your first three months. Okay, now enjoy this episode with the one and only Macy Cole. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the very first episode of season three. In honor of season three, there are three of us today and I've that you can guess who the third person is. They probably can see it in the title as well. (laughs) And I'm always laughing, so. (laughs) We have Macy back with us as our co-host for the hundredth time today. Yay. Kick off a new season. So we're pumped for 2021 and we're pumped to have you as our very first guest of the year. Clearly, Catherine is from 2021 because she keeps saying 2021 when we're still in 2020 currently recording this, so. It's true. <laughs> and if if uh, the editing didn't work, I tried to fix the title of last week's episode to say 2020, but I typed it in and published it as 2021 superlatives, so. Yeah. I noticed it. I was listening to it in the car today, and I was like, oh, the title of this is 2021 superlatives, and then I was like. Oh, yeah, it's not 2021 superlatives. I should probably tell Catherine to go change it. 
So. Well, hopefully it changes, but if not, you know, I'm, I'm an imperfect human and shameless living. No one will. Amen. <laughs> My favorite thing you say, Catherine, preach, preacher. Preach, preacher. <laughs> I'll continue to be um, an imperfect human in 2021. I can guarantee it. <laughs> we all Amen. will. Right. All right. Well, we just kind of want to chat as friends about what 2020 did for us, what we learned and kind of talk through how to set sustainable intentions for 2021. Yes. Who better to help us do that than the yoga guru, spiritual (laughs) Buddha herself. (laughs) (laughs) This year. Wow. I almost gave you the superlative angel baby because that's what I call you. on the side and then I was like nobody's gonna get that (laughs) on the side I love that that's what I call you on the side (laughs) oh my gosh I received that (laughs) all right so what do you think what did y'all learn that's a really like overarching massive question but what are some things you learned in 2020 oh man where do I begin I'm just gonna give like like bullet points of my things I learned um, and not like elaborate elaborate on it until like we're going to do that <laughs> or unless you guys like have specific questions um, that you're going to ask. But I would say um, the first thing would be um, bef- pre-COVID, what, what even was that, right? Um, the lesson that I learned was you're way more valuable than you, than you think you are. And, um, you can still be an encouragement and help to someone, even if you're only one step ahead of them in some way. Um, and that was a lesson I learned through hosting my third workshop and how many people came And I was like, this is only my second year being full-time in this business. And so many people were still like, so encouraged by it. And that was just really encouraging to me. Like I was in this, I used to be in this place of thinking like, oh, who am I to help these other people? And then I had 20 something people come. So that was one. Um, Two is you can still have empathy for people and also have integrity and in being a business owner. There's a very fine line, but it's possible. Um, three is always listen to your intuition and advocate for yourself. Um, referring to my postpartum trauma. Um, and four would just, is just like a continued lesson of grace and knowing that we're going to mess up and there's going to be hard times and we don't have, we don't owe anything to anybody but ourselves. I'm so stoked about that. That was powerful. Thanks. That was really good. Really, really good. I kind of want you to expand on the second one. Okay. On what it is on having empathy and still holding integrity. Yeah, so obviously like all three of us are small business owners this year that were affected by COVID and affected by the lockdowns and the shutdowns. And um, obviously for me being in the wedding industry, it was taken to a whole new level of 
anxiety for the future. Um, I was definitely like at a point where I was getting calls every other day from brides freaking out about what to do and needing to reschedule and um, some even wanting to reschedule for like, like back in April timeframe, wanting to go ahead and reschedule their weddings that weren't until like November. And I was like, I can't even get to that point yet mentally. Like in my mind at that point, I was like, oh my God, if we're still going through this in October and November, like, I don't know what the heck I'm going to do. And here we are, you know, we survived, but all that to say, um, I had, I had a lot of mental breakdowns and I had to have like sit down and really take a look at my business and, and what I needed to do in order to sustain myself without just, um, letting it implode for the, for the sake of not, or for the sake of pleasing others, really. Um, I would go on all these photography groups and see these people basically shaming other photographers or wedding vendors for needing to have some standards or maybe charge more money for rescheduling and what whatnot. But when it comes down to it, like if this is your full-time income and how you make a living and how you sustain yourself, if you just take up, like that would be like me taking my year, right? Every single, I can only take however many wedding dates a year because there's only so many weekends out of the year. There's only so many days out of the year. Pick that up and take it all to 2021. All that money that I just made in 2021 would have to sustain me. I wouldn't make a single dollar in 2021. Mm -hmm. I would be working for zero dollars and still have to support my family. So that's what I think people were not understanding was like, Yes, your wedding matters to me. Yes, I love you as my client. I want to be as flexible and as there for you as I can be, but I can't take all of these dates and move them to a whole year from now without making anything. Right. Like I'm not just taking people's money that they give me when Mm -hmm. they book me for their wedding and like sticking it in a drawer and like, you know, just like (laughs) my own personal gain, you know, like it's, it goes into my business. There's a lot of work that goes into, Mm -hmm. um, all the behind the scenes leading up to the wedding, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm not even going to list all of it because it's, it's too lengthy and I don't want to bore everybody, but that's just the nature of our, of our business. That's how mm-hmm. wedding vendors work is you book a date and you're paying to hold that date and you cannot refund that because for example, like I had a wedding date in May that decided to reschedule for 2021. I had to turn down at least five new brides for that one day. Mm-hmm. That's thousands of dollars. Not that it's all about the money. I'm not trying to like make more and more and more. That's not it. It's just the principle of how things are, right? Like I, I just, this is what we're looking at when I'm charging you more. I'm not charging you in a whole new contract. It's a, it's a portion of it to help me get through this and mm-hmm. still be in business to be able to be there for your wedding. Um, so I know that was kind of a really long-winded answer, but that was kind of this um, realization I had to come to was like, I was feeling so guilty and I'd have a stomach ache every time I had to send that email to someone like, hey, yes, we can reschedule your date, but here's what I have to implement Mm -hmm. because I knew, you know, it's not always going to come off as the best 
thing that they want to hear, of mm -hmm. course, because, you know, they're under a lot of stress too. But when it came down to it, it was what I had to do in order to make ends meet and, and not be kicking myself next year when I'm working 10 hour days for zero dollars. Mm -hmm. um, and still need to, and being away from my family for that. Like, it's just, that's not worth it to me. Or not being able to book a single wedding two years from now because you're not right. even in business anymore. Exactly. Exactly. You basically, if you didn't do that, would have lost an entire year of income and then be providing that service the second year for the income that was lost the first year. So then you would be an entire year behind. Like exactly. You're, you're not even meeting the baseline of your projected income from this year by doing what you chose to do. Exactly. Yeah. Still so, half, the cup is still half full. <laughs> like, so still gonna no be overflowing. Like at a loss next year because, because of the amount I had to take eight dates from this year, maybe yeah. even more and move them to next year. So that's literally like half of my year's income. Yep. Pushed out. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I'm prepared for that. And I know like 2021 is going to be a hard year and I'm, and I'm making some big pivots because this year has made me realize like, I don't want to be so heavily in that industry anymore. Mm -hmm. I know this has kind of taught me a lesson about that, but, mm -hmm. but yeah, it was, there was a, that was the hardest, honestly, like mentally for me this year was was getting over that because I do love my clients so much. Like I did, like my whole brand is based off my, my relationship that I develop with each of them and how much I care for them. And I, I truly do. I'm not just saying that, like, mm -hmm. it's such an honor to me to be invited into such a special occasion for these people. And I, I know what that felt like to think that your wedding could potentially come crashing down. You know, ours was almost destroyed by a hurricane and mm -hmm praise God that it wasn't, but so I can, I can relate. And I was trying to juggle this like empathy with also like, uh, but I'm coming undone and how am I going to, how am I going to do this and, and survive? So, um, I think if anyone, I'm sure everyone has kind of made those pivots, pivots and figured it out by now, but just know that you're not a bad person for needing to do that. And, you you're running a business and at some point that is separate from mm -hmm. emotions. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Emotion. Emotions. <laughs> exactly. You putting that energy in motion girl. Yes. <laughs> Those are good. Chels. Those are really good. Thanks. Yeah. Like honestly amazing. And I respect you so much from one businesswoman to another, just the way that you conduct yourself and um, the healthy boundaries that you set, like you are a strong woman and like a respectable woman. And I think in thinking of how men are allowed as far as normalizing to do business versus women, we are expected to constantly lay down and sacrifice mm -hmm. to the point that like we may break. Um, and you like have given me strength and inspiration to see like what healthy boundary setting looks like. Um, and, and it's just really empowering and you do it in such a gracious, compassionate way. Uh, but it does allow you to sustain and ultimately it's, it's the best 
for you, your family, and fortunately for your clients, because uh, otherwise they wouldn't get you as a photographer if you didn't make these decisions. Um, even though it would be your nature to just give everything for free, you're being selfless and saying, if I do that, all of my clients will pay the price in two years when I literally can't afford to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Um, who's next? <laughs> you want me to go? How am I supposed to follow that? Ah. I might I'm still trying to think what I learned. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to like put it into a bite-sized piece. I'll go. So this year was marked um, the end of my Saturn return. If you guys are familiar with that or not, <laughs> let me drop some knowledge. Um, so a Saturn return happens if we're, um, I guess, lucky enough three times in our life. And the first transition usually happens around 27. My Saturn return entered December of 2017, which was the same year we opened this business. And it just ended um, December of this year. And it's so crazy to think about how far we've come in that time. We literally are in a new location in a new space and like in my dream space. And my goal, like when I set 10 years ago was to be in my dream yoga studio at the time, I had no idea Pilates and bar would be even on my radar by year 30. So to, um, to look at all that was accomplished just in that short period of time. And then also to look at what the Saturn return means. It is our uh, kind of entryway from adolescence into adulthood. So our Saturn return poses a lot of obstacles and challenges that we have to go through. And a lot of these are like spiritual or energetic challenges that sometimes manifest on the tangible world, but it can be really isolating because you're going through this like mental spiritual warfare of trying to become the, the woman that you're created to be this adult who is self-reliant, independent, um, but people can't always see it. So you're having these internal battles and you really don't know where they come from. Like back in the day, they used to send a boy off onto an adventure of his own and he would become a man and come back with those lessons. Well, like modern day 2020, that is our Saturn return. <laughs> so uh, the other time that we go through this is usually when we have that midlife crisis. So it usually takes about 27 years for Saturn to orbit, to be in its exact space that it was on the day that you were born. And then again, another 27 years um, closer to that like late 70, um, early 80 year mark. So um, on top of just learning what it was to be this impressionable person um, who had no clue how much I was constantly living from like the outside in approach of like trying to meet everyone's needs and be this person that everyone would like and kind of imprisoning myself into this identity of if I can be all of these things and close to perfect, then everyone will love me and I'll be able to love everyone and life will be smooth and perfect. And I tried juggling that for a long time and it came crashing down this year because it can't sustain itself. So lesson number one that I learned was no one is going to love you um, as appropriately and exact as you can love yourself. 
Like Troy can love me in ways that I could never provide for myself, but he cannot meet every single one of my needs unless I share them with him. Like sometimes he'll meet needs that I don't know that I have, but he, but only I know my exact needs. So like this year taught me, okay, I have needs and I have values and those need to come from the inside out. Um, and in order to do that, I have to know what does matter to me. Who am I actually outside of this like character that I had invented through trying to please the whole world, right? And that's why like when you're talking about this conversation, Chelsea, it's hard because you find joy in, in making people happy. And you were afraid in those moments, well, I'm going to make people that I deeply love unhappy, even though this is a decision that I have to make for the sustainability of my business. This year, I learned there were decisions that I had to make about the sustainability of my own life. I um, came face to face with, with this um, very real and visceral moment where I actually wanted to end my life. And, and I got worried and ended up seeking professional help. That is not even something I identify with. Um, or did until that point, but it was because I had allowed myself to deplete so deeply by trying to be everything everyone wanted me to be that I got so far from who I actually am. And so number one is nobody can love you as well as you can love yourself. Once you love yourself, only then can you receive appropriate and proper love from others, which taught me the power of boundaries. Like, and that's something that you kind of mentioned too, Chelsea, about creating boundaries about the sustainability of your life. Boundaries have helped me realize when I am overextending myself. Boundaries have helped me realize when I'm in a circumstance that is asking me to sacrifice more than I'm receiving. Boundaries have helped me realize um, a multitude of things. Like when the mask has helped me realize like how often I was just like smiling and feeling like I needed to be this thing all the time. And now the mask, like is, if I'm in public, I don't feel like I have to smile at anyone if I don't want to. <laughs> and sometimes I do. Right. But I think what's been nice about that is like how often I've allowed my energy to ooze outside of the boundaries of my sustained reality. Um, and, and really just this year in a nutshell has taught me we are a thousand times more resilient than we ever thought we could be. And that a lot of times when we are transforming, it feels like we're breaking and that life is ending and it can show up in like debilitating depression, can show up in debilitating anxiety, it can show up in self-doubt, paranoia, um, a insatiable need for control, having like these um, compulsive like looping thoughts. It, it can show up in a multitude of different ways but if you press into that space and remind yourself like this is what transformation feels like this is being outside of the zone of comfort on the other side of that is is a new you that is actually not new at all it's the you that was underneath all of the for lack of a better term BS that we were piling on top of us so um, if we can have you know good people around us that are willing to listen, but also learn to love ourselves and be there for ourselves and learn how to self-soothe and all of that kind of stuff, then we can go through those hard moments and, and come face to face with the areas, mostly our shame, that is actually holding us back from being the person we want to be. And, um, and I think I've learned this year, I am 
the woman and like, this is going to make me get emotional, but like, I am the woman I've always wanted to be. And the person that I always saw in other people that inspired me because I realized that God made me and, and in my skin and in the way that he did with my mind and my heart. And even though it's really hard and I don't always like this person and I've dealt with a lot of years of like self-loathing without even realizing it, like the more I see myself in his eyes and stop thinking that I have to be perfected, that he already did that through me with, with the sacrifice of his son, that I just get to rest in the spirit that he has in, embedded in me, then I, I can handle um, the really scary days where I'm having a hard time showing up for myself and, and let alone anyone else because I know that I am held, I am perfectly made, and I'm not here um, to have to show up for everybody. I'm just here to rest in a space of peace. And hopefully that peace inside of me um, can provide some peace for, for the people that I have the honor of interacting with, if that makes any sense. <laughs> well, um, episode's over. Good, good job. <laughs> that was so awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I thank you for sharing all that. I know that that was very powerful and vulnerable and, and real, but First of all, I'm so proud of you for all of that. Not to mention, like, you are going through all of that so deeply personally. And on top of that, I had this year to deal with in general and with the business and and disappointment after disappointment with the studio and the fact that you got out of that on the other, not only on the other side, but, like, so... I can't even explain it. Like the first time I walked into that studio and saw you, I was like, this, this is Macy. Like, this is what you've been working toward. And yeah, I, I, I can't even like put it into words that you were able to get through all that and and still be this vibrant and beautiful (laughs) and still serve people even better than you were before. Um, And just as a side note, go back and listen to the episode we recorded and what that was like in April or May, I think Mm -hmm. April. Um, And we talked about shame versus guilt and the difference Mm -hmm. between those and, and really elaborated on shame. And you kind of talked about your journey at that point. Um, And I actually went back and listened to that recently. I don't know why, but it hit even harder the second time around. So maybe even if you did listen to it already, like, listen to it at this time in the year. That was so, mm-hmm. things were so new and unknown. And I think it hits on a whole new octave at this point in time. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Yeah. Thank you, Chels. Those words mean so much. So, so much. I really, really appreciate both of you guys. I love you both so much. We love you. Love you. Um, well, I, Probably should have gone first because it's hard to follow Macy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But um, I, I don't really know how to articulate a lot of this, so I'm going to do my best. And I don't think mm-hmm. I can, like, wrap each thing up in, like, uh, like a well-versed bow of this is a lesson, this is a lesson, this is a lesson, because I think I'm still learning them. Like, I don't feel like anything for me is wrapped up from 2020. Like, I'm still very much – not okay. (laughs) And yeah, I'll probably get emotional too, but 
I would say Macy touched on this resilience. Like I've learned how resilient, not just I am, but women in general are. Yes. And I have seen that in women who run businesses and women who run families and women who um, go through grief and struggle. And I've just found that amongst everything that's happened this year, both globally and personally for everyone, we are survivors. Like we are overcomers and it might not feel, it might feel like just pure survival in the moment, which I feel like I'm still in that pure survival. (laughs) Like I'm not at the, I overcame stage yet, but like we were designed to be overcomers because the Lord overcame life, death and resurrection for us. And if he is in us, then we can overcome anything. Right. So I think that what 2020 has taught me first and foremost is that I can hold on. If I can't hold on to anything else in a really tough time, I can hold on to my resilience. Like I can just keep waking up and walking forward each day. Yes. Um, Another thing is that there's no like allotted timeline or expiration date on grief. That's a huge thing that I've learned. I have like, I have personally not been, I have lost a lot of people in my life. Like it's not like I'm unaccustomed to grief. Lost a lot of family members, lots, I've experienced a lot of deaths, a lot of funerals. It's not new to me, but the grief that I experienced this year with losing two babies who were inside me is like a whole nother level of grief that I'm still not over. And I don't, I honestly don't know that I ever will be. And I, I think I'm learning now that that's okay, but I'm also learning that I am allowed to grieve in my own way. And it doesn't have to be the way that everyone else grieves. And, um, it doesn't have to be the way that my husband grieves. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, and, and that's no fault to him or me. Like we're just, two different people who experienced two different loss types of losses. And I, I don't know. I don't really have any like huge lesson on that besides like if you're in a season of grief right now or um, loss, like you don't need to say it's going to be over by January 1st. Like it, it might not be and that's okay. Um, and then the third thing I've learned is kind of what Chelsea talked about that she expanded on with her business. I just learned this like two months ago <laughs> and I should have learned it way sooner because I would have been way less stressed this year. <laughs> but I am learning like the difference between um, being someone's, well, okay, just to back it up. I think that I struggle with this the most because what Soul started on was friendship relationships. It was not a business. It's It started as a passion project that I did completely on the side for free for two and a half years. So it was just me working out or helping my friends work out. It wasn't, it wasn't like monetary or income based ever until really, really until this year. I mean, if, if we're talking like sustaining myself financially. And so I really struggled with creating boundaries between these people who, and a lot of them have been with me since we met at the park three or four years ago, these people who are my dear friends. And I love so much, like I, I can't let 
them walk all over me. And I know they don't, I know that's not their intention either. Like they're not thinking they're doing that. But I think as a business owner, you have to learn, and I'm just not learning this the last two months that like you have to create boundaries, you have to create systems and you have to create like some sort of consequence for mm -hmm. clients so that you can be, so that your structure can be taken seriously and that you're not some, someone that is just a friend to someone, but you're respected beyond a friendship. So I'm learning that big time with COVID and um, big time with just like uh, entering into a new year and trying to add some value to my business uh, price-wise and uh, doing that without shame because I'm such a people pleaser and I, Michael hates, hates, he loves me, but he hates this about me is I, when something bad happens or like we even get in a disagreement, I immediately blame myself. Mm -hmm. Not, I don't blame the situation. I immediately think, okay, I'm a bad wife. I'm a bad dog mom. I'm a bad mom. I can't even carry a baby. Like I immediately whole shame on myself and I do that with business too like someone got COVID and I'm like oh god it's my fault and it's not mm -hmm. my fault I didn't have COVID <laughs> mm -hmm. so it's it's just like this cycle of shame that I am trying to break free from in so many different aspects of life and I think that that's going to be like my goal for 2021 is like continue I mean I say shameless living all the time it's freaking logo mm -hmm. logo of my business but it's just it's a whole other level when you have to actually apply it to your own life. <laughs> like you can tell people all day, but then when you have to do it, you're like, mm -hmm. I relate so strongly to that Catherine. And I think, and, and Troy like struggles with that. Cause one of the other major lessons I learned this year is like a lot of the burdens that I try to carry were not my responsibility to hold. And so how do we lay that down? Well, it's a double-edged sword, as is everything. Like, that's you taking personal accountability, right? That's you looking at a situation and a circumstance and saying, how can I be more um, proactive or responsible or handle this in a way where I don't have to maybe go through this again or whatever it is, right? That's the stimulus. The response is then setting parameters around, okay, this was my responsibility and this is the area that I'm going to own. However, this is the area that's not my responsibility. And this is the area that I'm going to pass to whoever needs to be in charge of it. And that is, I have not learned that. I still am learning that. Like hearing you say that is like so obvious to be like, yeah, Catherine, like, let me help dive in with this situation. But like, same, same with me. Chelsea just mentioned the same thing. Like it's hard as, as someone who is all in with everything that you do to not take full responsibility for everything that's happening. And I think especially as female entrepreneurs, that is like a chronic dis-ease within us all because if we didn't have that, we would have never taken on responsibility to open our own business in the first place. Like when I was an employee, I would work with other people that took zero responsibility and I would be feeling so responsible but those people don't own their own business because they, they didn't have that level of like all inness or whatever. So it's a gift, but it's also like, it can be so debilitating. Mm -hmm. You well, you taught me that the other day or not the other day, like two weeks ago when you like randomly called me at 7am and I mm -hmm. happened to have a cancellation and I was like, Mace is calling me, I guess I'll answer. 
and just hearing you put into words, which you, you covered earlier is women are so different than men in the way that yes. we handle and respond to hard things. Yes. And we have to, we have to one, like value ourselves a little more to not go back into those shame spirals during moments of, you know, hard times, but we also have to recognize that we are created differently and that that's beautiful, right? Yes. Like a woman owned business is differently run than a man's. A woman, you know, a woman running or parenting is different than how a man parents, you know, it's all different and they're both good. Not one is better than the other, but instead of being ashamed of like, Oh, I'm just a woman. And this is how, you know, it is for women in business. Like, no, we can, we can be like proud of the gifts that we do have and not accept the, you know, scrutiny that people give us. Yeah. And those, and those gifts and values are what makes us set apart from others in the field. <laughs> I mean, think about us three right here. Like I fully believe that my business thrived because I, you know, continuously like show up and, and show who I am so that people feel like I'm someone they could feel comfortable with behind the camera. And I do value my relationships with them. Catherine has broken this, you know, fitness stigma mold about it being about the way that you look and you, you know, link arms with women and, and change the way they think about themselves and their bodies. And then Macy has done a very similar thing in her studio with you're not your typical yoga studio. You don't walk in there and feel like if you're not wearing Lululemon and aloe, then you're, you don't belong there. Like you've broken that mold and like those very things that make us, us and our, and those like strong values in our hearts are what makes our businesses what they are. Sometimes they can be a fault when it comes to structure and like needing to stand up for ourselves. But I feel like we also need to be proud of those things and not, you know, like stuff them or what's the word, like push them down Mm -hmm. because those are the very things that probably made us successful in the first place. 100%. And one thing that I learned this year and my mom, we ended up selling our Boone home, which is our childhood home. And so she had this huge bucket of things that she had kept of my brother and I's. And two like primary um, patterns showed up in my bucket. One was God, like God and faith was on everything, like as far back as it could be. So that's just a foundation that I'm so thankful I've clung to from a very young age. And the other was like, extremely exuberant fashion (laughs) like even as a little girl it was like so extra and I love like I have this like cheetah or something or other jacket that's just like my normal jacket but when Troy's like Macy like you can't just wear that like it's a normal jacket I'm like but this is my normal jacket and like I'm, you know, getting a new ring that's like ridiculous. And, and like, I want long extensions like Catherine and like, I just, I love extravagant clothing and big earrings and all these things. Um, 
And I used to feel shame about it. Like, am I materialistic? But no, like that is me expressing like the exuberance of like my spirit. Like if, if my spirit looked like something, it would be like glitter and gold and big <laughs> with some black sunglasses. <laughs> um, but I am not what I get to decorate this body. I am the spirit beneath that showing on this body what I am. I'm not using these decorations to try and hide or create distance between me and my authentic self. I am using this body to ex like to show people what is my authentic self. And it's two totally different things. Like I could be walking around with a Louis Vuitton bag and these big black sunglasses and my cheetah print thing and be like, yeah, like I feel good because people are going to think I'm carrying Louis Vuitton and I look fashionable. And like that's ego and trying to be hidden in the things that I'm um, portraying. Or it could be like, oh, like I like this and I like this. And it's the same outfit, same concept, different intention going back into intentions. And then it's like, oh, well, this girl's just like super out, like super, you know, fabulous or whatever the word is. And that's just her authentic self, but she doesn't identify as those things. This is just her playing dress up as a 30 year old woman. You know, it's like, and then it just doesn't, there, the power is, is gone because we're not doing something to seem a certain way. We're just like being who we are. And then it just is a certain way, if that makes sense. That, yeah. was the, that was the perfect segue into intentions, but I want to do a little side story. We were just home um, for Christmas in Dallas, and my mom found all of our old home videos, and she would, we watched them for hours. Like, they were so entertaining, and it's funny because I look at, like, two-year-old Catherine, and she has the exact same personality as 32-year-old Catherine. Yes. And it's like, I have always been loud, aggressive. <laughs> Like, couldn't give two Fs about what everyone else is doing around me, where Jimmy's been, like, quiet, a little anxious, asked 75 questions in, like, one minute. And he's still like that. And I'm saying, I'm still like that, who I am. So it's like, we're created who we are from the very beginning. Yes. <laughs> we can't fight some of those things, you know? We yeah. can't shut them down. And you didn't know to be embarrassed by it. And then society comes and like, I, you know, I was raised in Boone, North Carolina. Like people are like, why are you wearing that? You think you're all this and that. And I was like, well, okay. And like, I just stopped being that way. And then I'm like, no, this is me. Like, if you want to be that way, that's great. And I'm going to be this way and we can still be friends. Like personalities yeah. don't have a look. Like that makes so much sense, Catherine. And it's like, yes, let's like own it and step into our power. Mm-hmm. There's this one video where I'm just like on a tire swing and Jimmy's like being really quiet and looking around and I'm just going, mom, mom, <laughs> mom, mom, like the whole time. And she's like, Katie, I'm right here. Like, what are you doing? And I'm just like that. Like, I still call my mom three times a day. I'm like, what's up? You know, it's just like, I don't know. It's just so interesting. We've always been wired the same. It's just how we step into our callings and our personalities. Yes. Transitioning into 2021, the year that we are actually in, and I didn't get it wrong. No. Um, how, well, first, Chelsea, read that quote. Oh, yes. So our sweet friend Meredith put up this really awesome post on Instagram the other day regarding resolutions versus intentions, and it is just so spot on with 
how we feel about them as well and kind of our intention with this episode. So I'm just going to read it to y'all. She said, I hate New Year's resolutions for two reasons. One, people try to make extreme changes overnight, which literally never works. And two, it plays into our collective condition pattern of all or nothing. I mean, how many times have you said, for real this time, I'm sticking to this diet and I'm going to wake up and meditate every morning at 6 a.m. and I'm going to exercise every day? No, you won't. And it's not your fault. Resolutions are like diets designed to fail. So let's be smarter this year. Here's why I love setting intentions instead of resolutions. Intentions allow for grace and learning from our, she wrote F-ups, but I won't say that on the air. (laughs) If you set an intention to live more like the version of you you want to become in the next year, you're way more likely to train yourself to be that person over time, rather than forcing yourself to change everything about your routine overnight, especially since you're probably not feeling 100% on your game on January 1st. (laughs) Love it. It's so true. I love that. I don't think I've ever truly held like a resolution before. Maybe for like two weeks. Maybe maybe two weeks. Yeah. You know, like when I used to work at a corporate gym, we would always joke because we'd be like, here we go. You know, we just have this huge influx of people, (laughs) huge influx of clients. I was taking consults every day. And like January, usually it actually kind of started in February because people are still kind of like coming off of the holiday in January. And then you would see March and April, it would just kind of slowly start to trickle out. And there was all those people were not coming into the gym anymore. So anyway, um, it is definitely a thing. And I think shifting the perspective and looking at it as a bigger picture of an intention of a, of a, idea of who we want to be I think that's when you're actually going to see the most results I know it sounds really woo-woo and kind of out there but those types of things really do manifest change Mm -hmm. your mind is extremely powerful yeah for sure I I mean if you think about it like before you opened your business, Chelsea, it was just a thought in your mind. Before soul became this thing, it was a thought in your mind. Before emotion was what it was, it was literally a thought in my mind. And that thought grew into a vision where I could actually see it. And now it's concrete. So like for people, you know, manifestation has taken a, a total, it's like that was such a like buzzword now. But looking at the root of it, we literally do create everything from our mind. It's not like the studio showed up and then I was like, oh, well now I want to be in there. It started as like a vision, you know, it can't go the other way. And it's also not like you just are like, I'm just going to think really hard. This is going to happen. And then poof, it's just going to appear. Yeah. Gosh, no. No, I think that's what some people think manifestation is, but really it's just having a clear vision and then setting an intention to make that vision happen and doing the work to do it. Yes. Which is so hard. And one thing that Troy always used to tell me, and I would like want to wring his little neck or well, big neck, honestly, (laughs) is like process goals. We need process goals, small wins like that. And he's not even country. So I don't know. And I was like, that was an interesting Troy accent. Yeah. He's like, I can't do the way he talks. He's like surfer. He's like, yeah, bro. Like 
like process goals. Yes. Process goals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. But in my head, it's like this really like, wah, 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 wah. but he's exactly right. And he's always freaking right. It's like about process goals and like, here's the vision. All right. Well, what's the process of getting there? Why are we even getting there? Like before he even let me do anything related to our studio he was like we need an intention and we're going to write that down as our vision statement i was like yeah the intention is unconditional love let's go already it's like no that's not enough like that's not going to sustain us three months without income like you need a plan it's like oh crap and but thankfully you know he did that and that's the part of manifestation that i think people miss it's like exactly like chelsea said it's not like have the idea poof the genie gives you it it's like have the idea go through like for lack of a better term, like hell sometimes where you're like, why did I do this? I want out. I'm going to quit everything. And I used to say move to China, but probably don't want to do that. So <laughs> so Fiji or something. Um, yeah, there we go. And then, and then you just stick with it because it's worth it. Even if it doesn't feel like it, like, you know, having a kid, I don't have one yet, but I'm sure there are nights when Chelsea was like, is there a return policy? Not really, but like, you know, I'm sure there's, yeah, no, that yeah. you can't, you know, and with a business or a marriage or a friendship, you can, but the thing is, if you stick to it, you shouldn't even give yourself that option unless it's like an abusive, you know, toxic situation. But like, we should really, if we really want to accomplish something, it's going to feel like climbing Mount Everest 37 times in the dead of winter. Like that's why so few people accomplish their dreams because we quit because it's really hard. It's really yeah. hard. Yeah. Yeah. I think that like one of the most annoying things about like our generation and below is a lack of commitment. That's like yes. just a side note, but like when things get hard or when a dream that seems so cool on Pinterest and on paper doesn't feel like a dream come true every day, it's like, ah, I'll just quit. And mm-hmm. well, I, I think too, like, sorry, were you finished? Yeah, I think I'm finished. Okay. <laughs> I can never tell on Zoom. I'm like, I, I don't want to over talk. Um, but what I was going to say is that, and I think it's also in part ha- has to do with social media. And it looks like, oh, it's so glamorous to, you know, be a business owner and we can just like do whatever we want during the day and make our own schedule and just, it, it looks like an overnight, oh, wow, like I was following her and then all of a sudden she has mm-hmm. this many followers and, you know, this many gigs or this much business or whatever it might be. And you don't really realize one, a lot of time has passed. It just doesn't feel like it in this world of social media, like mm-hmm. first and foremost. I don't know if you've ever felt like that where you feel like someone like just got engaged and then all of a sudden you see a post of their wedding or like mm-hmm. they post that they're pregnant and then all of a sudden you see like the the baby's first birthday and you're like, wait, where did the time go? Um, so that I think is a is like an illusion that we experience through the world of social media and and just the fact that yes it's amazing that entrepreneurship is so um on the forefront and encouraged and supported these days but at the same time it's almost become this like glamorized over what not over analyzed but like there's just this misconception that mm-hmm. you can say you want to do something and you, and you try it and it doesn't work the first 
few days, weeks, months, whatever, and people are like, oh, never mind. Like, I can't even tell you how many times you, you've seen people that start and then don't see overnight success and, and just stop mm-hmm. because they're not consistent mm-hmm. enough. Like, they don't, I don't know, uh, kind of going off on a tangent here, but <laughs> all that just to say, I think that's why people either cave in and give up and throw in the towel way quicker. Mm-hmm. Or they just are too afraid to start in the first place. Mm -hmm. Well, and like that phrase, abs are made in the kitchen. Like dreams are made in the back end work. Like today, for instance, I got up at like 4 a.m. I'm literally working for 14 hours because all my connectors are out of town. And it just is what it is. Yesterday looked very similar. For four years, Troy and I have woken up at 4 a.m. We usually don't get home till close to 8 o'clock, at least Monday through Thursday. I hardly ever see him. Like, this isn't makeup on my eyes that you guys see. This is my eyeballs. Like, this is, like, black eyes. (laughs) But, yeah, but it's, like, all of this will pay off because there is an end in sight. And that end can only come, like, circling back to this idea of, like, having intentions. What is the intention of what you're creating? How are you going to continue to get there? Through setting appropriate boundaries, both professionally and personally through exactly like what Catherine said, like allowing ourselves to grieve the hardships. Like grief is such a real thing, especially this year, because all of us are grieving how life used to be. And in some ways it's never going back. So we have to like accept the fact that this change is very real and, and and we don't know what that's going to look like on the other side of it. Um, And I also love like you're saying there's not an end date, you know, like, believe me, my Saturn returns over and I fully expected to wake up the next day and be like, oh, and I'm just an adult now. And here we go. And like, it, it felt like that for an hour and then something happened. I was like, no, it's still just my life. <laughs> you know, it's like, ugh. But what's nice about having another chapter is it does give us back to that word boundary lines to reflect on in bite-sized pieces of saying, all right, well, this time last year, I am stronger, more confident broken a thousand more times than I would have ever expected. But through that breaking, like had the resilience to rebirth in a better way than I could have ever imagined. And that's, what's nice about it is like, even if we don't have that nice bow um, that I like to in denial, tell myself I've, I've done, we do at least have a story to track from 365 days from, you know, from a date or whatever. So just wrapping it up, like tangibly, what are some, not tangibly, because it's kind of an, an idea, but what are some, what are ideas and intentions that people can set? How, it, like what, what is the different, like, let's name like a resolution versus intention. Like a resolution might be, I want to lose 20 pounds by June or whatever. Yeah. And an intention might be, I want to honor my body and and eat things that make me feel good and exercise in ways that I enjoy. And then maybe results will come like the What that's the difference in language. I think it's all about like the narrative you write around it. You know, Mm -hmm. what the first one, a resolution is very shame centered because if you don't lose 20 pounds by June, then you feel like a failure where Mm -hmm. the second one gives you grace and room to eat the cake and not move your body one day because that's what you enjoy and that's what your body needs and you know just give you that balance so what are some other intentions that people can set we've talked about this before and i'm going to make troy listen to this or encourage him to because he's me so proud of what i'm about to say but 
it sounds like a resolution is an outcome goal of like the outcome is 30 pounds less. And a resolution sounds like a process goal of like, my goal is to feel healthier and more comfortable in the skin I'm in, right? And comfort might be not having a stomach ache because of like, I'm not taking care of my nutrition, but you're not gonna get a stomach ache from having like a dessert or, you know, whatever. So uh, a process goal would be like, what is the intention of what I'm trying to create versus an outcome goal is like the outcome of a well-intended process goal. So you could you could say like um, my my intention for 2021 is to find deeper success, right? Like people want to like monetize certain things or whatever. And so instead of saying like by the end of 2021, I want my income to be seventy-five thousand dollars, it could be like all right my intention for 2021 is to find success in each endeavor that I'm allocating. And then we would go and define what success means to us. And I like to cover like the eight dimensions of wellness, which is like personally and interpersonally of like, all right, success in my nutrition is this success in my relationship is this success in my career is this. And it's not attached to like this um, numeric value. It's attached to a concept that, that is a little more broad, uh, less narrow, so it's easier to encompass. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's huge. And it's and it's not to say that setting intentions doesn't doesn't get you results. I mean, oh yeah, you do set the intention of you know moving your body because you love it. Then you might the result could be strength. One, mm -hmm. I mean, physically, it could be strength. Two, it could just be like therapy, like a peace mm -hmm. of mind for an hour a day doing something that you love. Like there's going to be results and maybe it is weight loss and that's great, whatever. Yeah. But the, the, the resolution or the main thing can't be an unattainable or unsustainable. Yes. Outcome. And getting back to Meredith's post too, like I think that intentions can be even more successful and create an even greater outcome than you ever could have accomplished with a resolution alone. Because if you think about it, like she said, it's resolution is an all or nothing mentality. So if I'm going to go into this new year saying, I'm going to wake up at 5am or 6am every single day and work out for an hour. And then I don't do it. Then I'm just gonna be like, Oh, screw it. And guess what? I'm probably never going to do it again. Mm -hmm. That's just human nature. But if I set an intention to be, you know, I am going to move my body in a meaningful way, um, find, find an exercise that I enjoy, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe I end up finding something new or trying something that I have never before and falling totally in love with it. And the next thing I know, I'm signing up for all these classes and I'm still doing it by June. And then all of a sudden it's next December and I've maybe lost 20 pounds from doing all that exercise that I wasn't otherwise doing before. And like, again, that's not necessarily the goal. It's not, it's not my goal this year, but I think that is way more attainable and makes way more sense. And is probably going to be way more successful than saying you're going to do something and hold that like shame if you don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It feels like a, an intention is your why and a resolution is your what. 
but a what is not motivating. Like, oh, I need to, you know, make all this money while I'm exhausted just thinking about it. Or like my intention is to find success. Like I'm inspired to find what success even means. means. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Because we talk about this again and again on this podcast. Like, okay, yeah, maybe you do lose. You want to reach X number, but why? Like, what is that actually going to do for you? Why that number? What is that going to bring you once you reach it? Or is it finding something that's going to, enhance your life in Mm -hmm. general, make you a happier person, give you more energy to put towards monetary success. If that's Mm -hmm. what you're searching for, like there's so much more to it than. Mm -hmm. And the, the bottom line is like the, if then theory, like I have my dream studio, I still endured the hardest year of my life. So accomplishing that goal didn't make my life better. Finding peace within the challenges found made my life better so if my intention is to find peace i'm actually going to find the joy that i seek if my intention or my resolution is to open a studio and then i'll be happy i'm going to be chasing this elusive carrot that is not even guaranteed anything so it's like the intention propels the experience of the enjoyment of whatever it is you're chasing after like if i maintained a space of center and that was my intention, and that just happened to become the studio that I now own, I would have been in a lot different mental space and saying, by 30, I need to have my own studio, and this is what it needs to look like, and this is what it needs to be. That's so much pressure. Yeah. That is such a good example, too, Macy, because you're, like you talked about earlier in the episode, like, you are the prime example of that. Like, you opened the studio, and you were so overworked, and Mm -hmm. and still we're feeling like you weren't enough and had to do all these things. And mm-hmm. yes, obviously with any business endeavor, there's always going to be a period of hustle. Like that goes without saying, yeah. um, just, you just need to, unless yeah. you have oodles and oodles of money, which mm-hmm. we don't, <laughs> but, right. um, yeah. you know, you were running it <laughs> right. But you felt like you were running yourself into the ground and it would probably felt like the opposite of success in that moment. Like just yes. because you had, the doors open didn't mean that that was the end. No. And even though the business like from certain like um, metrics would have been deemed successful, the word that kept coming up in my head is I'm failing at this. I'm failing at that. I'm failing because I was chasing after success and denying my personal needs. And that's how I love how this whole thing is set up is like, you cannot attain something and feel good about it unless you are staying centered and within you can't neglect yourself and also enjoy where you're at they don't exist in the same spot so it's like why not just go ahead and set the intention of what you want your life experience to be and then whatever you accomplish will will just be a reflection of like what you've cultivated you know from the inside and that can't be taken from you Mm. i feel like we should end with that (laughs) (laughs) you might draw that was really good it's always good when Macy's here. Oh, well, I just love you guys. You bring it out of me, and I, you guys are the best. Oh, we, we love, love you. you. And we love you, listeners. And keep tuning in. Season three is about to be Liddy City. Lit. <laughs> Liddy City. Liddy <laughs> City. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, that might be the, the title of this episode. Ooh, that's clickbait. 
clickbait, but probably not. So um, <laughs> we love you guys, and we will talk to you <laughs> next week.